Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Is that the plan? Maybe. The Eagles win the Super Bowl before the Vikings well, do. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, God. What are you going to do? I tell you what, I, I did enjoy the Super Bowl. I thought it was a great Super Bowl. I liked the commercials. I liked the halftime show. People on social media just like to bitch. That's all they like to do. Everything sucks. Everything's horrible. I just. What was the problem? Did, did you have any problem with any of it? No, no, I like that. No, it was yeah. fine. Andy, you didn't watch it, I'm sure. I did not. I didn't think you would, but, uh, I, yeah, I, Justin Timberlake's halftime show falls flat. No, it didn't. It was wonderful. I mean, the, the Prince tribute was great. He dressed in a plaid shirt, uh, one of those lumberjack shirts. <laughs> a hipster shirt. Uh, you know, he didn't doll all up or anything like that. He just came out and did a hell of a job. I really thought the... Uh, the Prince tribute was, was really sweet. I thought it was great, uh, especially when they CGI'd all the downtown Minneapolis to be purple and the glyph appeared around U.S. Bank Bird Killer Stadium. <laughs> so uh, I thought, seriously, I thought the, the game was interesting. I, the only thing I don't understand is why, when Tom Brady knew the ball was gone, did he still try to try to throw it? Uh. I mean, you have to know the ball is gone. If, if the ball is ripped out of your hand, you have to know it's gone. Why would you still try to throw it? I don't know. It's, uh, it, was, it was probably his only hiccup last night. 
I mean, threw for over 500 yards. And, I mean, you God, thought. amazing. The, the most yards ever in any NFL game, Super Bowl, or regular season. The most yeah. yards ever. Yep. Is that Lammers? This is. Yeah, so oh, it's working pretty you. well. Oh, listen to that. Listen, we had installed new phone lines. What do you think of that action? Mm-hmm. I love it, man. That sounds great. I love it. I'm not echoing? No, no. not at all. You sound great. And, uh, Mike, on your end, it's good? Yep, everything sounds good. What's that? Okay. Yeah, everything sounds good to Melina, too. Absolutely. So, uh, you called in just in time, Tim, so I could annoy and torture Melina. Okay, you ready? (laughs) Sure. CNN poked the bear on Friday. This is CNN Travel. Now, wouldn't you think that CNN Travel would know what the hell they're talking about? Would know where everything... If you're a travel outfit... Yeah. Don't you think you'd know where everything is? You'd help. <laughs> CNN Travel poked the bear Friday when it posted a travel article calling St. Paul a neighborhood of Minneapolis. Uh. Oh, oh, man. Did you know about this, Molina? Yeah. I was making the rounds over in uh, St. Paul. Sure. At CNN named St. Paul, the capital city of Minnesota, one of Minneapolis's must-see neighborhoods, Nick Woltman. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, they did not, posted one Twitter user. Other comments followed, mostly GIFs of people rolling their eyes or shaking their heads. Is it GIF or JIF? It's JIF, but people GIF. say both. They say both? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's not the article aimed at Super Bowl visitors. It's the problem so much as the headline, Minneapolis's must-see neighborhoods, the North Loop, downtown, uptown, and the lakes, and St. Paul. <laughs> St. <laughs> Paul's a neighborhood of Minneapolis. I, You know, we do get reminded, since we're not on the West Coast, we're not on the East Coast, that we really don't matter. They yeah. think that St. Paul is a neighborhood of Minneapolis. Some guy, We got a great uh, text or email this morning from a listener that said his uh, sister was on a bus coming from Duluth to Minneapolis-St. Paul sitting next to an Eagles fan with a ticket to the Super Bowl. Now you're saying, why is an Eagles fan with a ticket to the Super Bowl going from Duluth to mm-hmm. Minneapolis-St. Paul? Uh, because Mr. Philadelphia thought Duluth was a suburb of Minneapolis. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I mean, honest to God. Wouldn't he, wouldn't well, he, he might have gotten a, a cheaper plane ticket, right? <laughs> well, that's probably true. So he thought you could fly into a suburb? That's kind of odd. Yeah, it's some odd thing. Well, I suppose in Chicago you got two airports, and a lot of a lot of major cities yes. have two airports. But I, I, how do you not know Duluth is not a suburb of Minneapolis? And well, yeah, like just Google it first to make sure you know where you're going. Uh, Although Led Zeppelin, don't forget what Led Zeppelin did. Led Zeppelin played at the Met Center in Bloomington one night and St. Paul Civic Center the next night because he thought they were in two different states. <laughs> so I'm assuming he thought it was Bloomington, Indiana, uh-huh. and St. Paul, Minnesota. But, I, but I just like all most flights into Duluth have to go through MSP anyways, right? I mean, there's no direct that's true. Yeah. Like, moron. How the hell do you get from Philadelphia to Duluth without going through Minneapolis-St. Paul first? Hmm. Let's see if I can find a flight Philadelphia <laughs> to Duluth. <laughs> and he's looking to see if he can get a flight. But, uh, yeah, other than the uh, St. Paul is a neighborhood in Minneapolis, and Duluth is a suburb of Minneapolis. Uh, Justin Timberlake's halftime show falls flat despite assist from marching band and Prince. I, I couldn't 
disagree more. I thought Justin Timberlake was was very charming. I thought the tribute to Prince was very sweet. I loved how Timberlake went up in the uh, stands, took a picture with Ryan McKenna. Someone in the chat uh, said that the audio was bad at the beginning. I, I mean, I obviously wouldn't know, but... The audio of what? The Timberlake thing. It was? I didn't hear that. Was it just too... The audio was just too low? They couldn't hear it uh, all that well at the beginning of Timberlake? Well, you guys watched it. Yeah, I didn't Do notice you, anything. You didn't notice anything? We got that great t- that brand new TV, so... That's true. So maybe it boosted the audio for us, because, yeah, I didn't hear that at all. It does have built-in compression, so that's possible does, yeah. if the dynamic was too. She, she says you couldn't hear him, only the music. Oh, yeah, and see. someone else agreed. Yeah, see, my TV, I got, we got a brand new television, and it has a compression that, a compressor in it. Yeah, that might have fixed it, because apparently, yeah, he was just really, really low. Yeah, that's <laughs> not good. Hmm. Here we go. Uh, there are actually a lot of flights, but yeah, pretty much all of them stop in MSP. Not all of them, though. Here's one that. What's Ord? Ord is uh, Chicago. Chicago, yeah. yeah. Yes. Chicago. So yeah, you can get to Duluth without going to Minneapolis. <laughs> so you went Philadelphia to Chicago to Duluth. I believe so. And it's a six-hour flight too. <laughs> it's a six-hour flight. Oh. Normally, to get from Philadelphia to MSP is maybe three hours at the moment. Maybe yeah, three the hours. The shortest of these flights is five and a half hours. Oh, man. Horrible. Uh, and MSP. Yeah. Let's see. MSP, yeah. yep, three hours nonstop. <laughs> Did he not notice that? I guess not. How do you not notice that your flight is twice as long as all the other ones? And it's not like it was cheaper because the Minneapolis flight, well, maybe at the time it was actually. Uh, flying in for the Super Bowl thing. Yeah, because right now uh, the tickets to Minneapolis are 330 whereas to Duluth it's like 500 because you have to stop and everything, Gosh. the amount of fuel. So yeah, I suppose I don't. Yeah, maybe but it was all the wasted time too. I mean, think yeah. about all that and the and the bus ticket. You know, I mean, yeah, it's maybe a smart move, maybe a dumb move. But I'm thinking in, in this case, it's a dumb move. Yeah, an extra three hours on a plane plus two hours on a bus. Oh God! Yeah, maybe three hours on a bus because no. it is what 150 miles. Uh, yeah, and then he's got to go back up there. Miles. And then he's got to go back up to Florida. Oh, yeah. If he bought a return ticket, yeah. <laughs> hey, Duluth's a great Yikes. city. I like going up. We go there every Christmas and stay in a cabin on the lake. It's wonderful. But uh, no one has taken a grand total of ten extra hours to visit it. Yeah. Okay, now because I then you know three hours plus uh, there and back plus the. Two-hour bus drive there and back. Right, ten hours that he wasted. All right. Well, look at it this way. I think that he's probably he didn't mind since the, the Eagles won. Yeah. It would have been a longer ride probably. home if it, if he if they hadn't. That's true. Probably. He probably true. didn't even care. And if you're busy flying for five and a half hours, you're probably not eating horse poop like the guy in the Philadelphia did. You see that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. He was so happy he knelt down in the street and ate a horse turd. <laughs> Because the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Huh. Explain that to me, how that... Mania, it's literal mania. It is mania. Yeah. Well, you, you've heard about some of the antics, right? I mean, somebody smashed a window of a Macy's to take a selfie with a mannequin. Naturally. Uh, they, 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 they tore down stoplights. They, um, what was the other thing I heard they did? You know, it, it was a riot. Yeah. Basically, I knew this much. They win, they riot, they lose, they riot. Yeah. They riot. <laughs> well, they do. Well, in Canada, didn't they, like, kill a bunch of people when they won some hockey game or something? That did happen a long time ago, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> people, people are dumb. 
I did love yeah. the Philly cops before the game were greasing up the poles with some kind of substance yeah. where you climb on it and then you fall off. Mm. Did you see what they did, though? No. Uh, they tried to climb up the poles. They slid down, so they tore down the pole. They tore them down. Yeah, yeah, those are yeah. those are cases where I totally agree with the London style of having cameras everywhere outside. Because yeah. outside, you you don't have an expectation of privacy outside anyway. No. So you know, quite true. Whatever. If you, if someone wants to follow you around taking your picture, they can do that. So what's the difference if it's a security camera? Yeah. Oh, exactly. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this guy, apparently, who wrote this uh, this article about St. Paul being a, a neighborhood in Minneapolis, the writer of the article, Minneapolis freelancer Joel Hoekstra, thought the reaction was typical of the ongoing sibling rivalry between the Twin Cities. I do not think that St. Paul is a neighborhood of Minneapolis, he said. Everybody knows it's a suburb of Woodbury. St. Paul, are you laughing yet? In the article, which tells Super Bowl travelers what else to see while they're in town, Hoekstra calls St. Paul the place to become a kid again directing folks to the Minnesota Children's Museum, the Science Museum of Minnesota, and the Bell Museum of Natural History. No, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, those are all great things in St. Paul. I love St. Paul, Hoekstra says. It's great. He added slyly that it's a nice, quiet city for people to retreat to after enjoying all the Super Bowl excitement in Minneapolis. What is this guy's problem? <laughs> he thinks he's funny. Yeah, well, the people of St. Paul don't think it's so funny. So I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't overreact to it, but calling St. Paul a suburb... <laughs> Not a, even a suburb. A calling it a neighborhood yeah. of me. Yeah. Being from Dayton, I have absolutely, I've never had any sort of city pride because it's, you know, how, how do you have pride in a city where, you know, no one knows that it exists? So I just grew up the first 20 plus years of my life uh, that just didn't exist. So at this point, I don't really care where I'm from. Right. Um, I should tell people, by the way, because I've gotten this article, Market Watch, I think is where it first popped up, but I'm getting this article from several listeners saying, Tom, I hope you don't work for iHeart. No, we, I work for Cumulus, which is an Bad interesting place ahead. the way it is. Uh, iHeart missed a $106 million interest payment. How do you miss? Oh. <laughs> so their next interest payment's going to be much bigger. Yes, it is. They, uh, they're $22 billion in debt, apparently. Hmm. It's going to be kind of tough to get out from under that, don't you think? No. You know, Mike and Tim, the last time you were $22 billion in debt, how did it work out for you? What is that? Why is the volume on? Oh, it's my sister Vicky. Oh, uh, yeah. There, my sister Vicky was talking a little Super Bowl. Mm. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the, the there was a deal. The stock is 60 cents. 60 cents. I think radio, the radio side of the stock is 7 cents. Which is, it's not down that. Well, I mean, Ugh, a year wow. ago it was 380, so I guess it is down pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad, yeah. The but, Dow's down. Uh, you know. Speaking of down, the Dow is down 430. Yeah. It's down fourth, so it's over a thousand. What, almost 1,100 points in two days? Yep. And what's driving it? Have they figured out yet what's driving the sell-off? No. Speaking on uh, local front, uh, Wells is taking it on the chin too. Well, Wells should take it on the chin. Yeah. They're a filthy bank, and they oh, should yeah. really is, they should have shut them down. They had a 2,000-ish drop. In January 2016 and August 2015. It does happen, yeah. Yeah, so I think this thing just, this kind of thing happens sometimes. We shall see what we shall see. But yeah, they're down, what'd you say it is down 430 again? Yep, 429. It was what, what was it, 460, excuse me, 660 last week? Last yeah, Friday? Last Friday was like 665, I think. 
665. So, yeah, it's down 1,100 points in uh, in two days. That's why when you're president of the United States, you want to go, did you see the stock market? Man, we're going through the roof. You don't want to do things like that. Because now you're going to come on and say, hey, did you see the stock market? It's mm. dropping like a rock, and that's my fault. You just don't want to do that kind of stuff, Mr. President. It's just not a good idea to take credit or blame for things you have no control over. Not a good, Not a good plan. Now... Mr. Lammers, we're going to come back in about uh, 15 seconds, and I want to talk movies with you because the only thing I hated about the Super Bowl were the horrendous <laughs> movie ads. Oh, yeah? These movies look oh, terrible. Yeah. Mm. We'll be back in just a couple of seconds. Tim Lammers will be talking movies. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The X-Chat Gap, brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The X-Check app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. X-Check. Safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Minneapolis, Minnesota, this one's for you. Sounds all right to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think the problem was maybe because I do have that brand new 4K TV and it's got a compressor in it or compression in it. And so it automatically brings the volume up. So I didn't hear it didn't drop off for me. So, yeah. So if that happened, because apparently several people are saying that, yeah, you couldn't hear him sing at first. Mm. So, well. It was also very weird that the NBC signal went away for 30 seconds. Did you guys see that? Yes, I did catch that. The screen, yeah, the screen just went blank. No audio, no video, nothing for 30 seconds. We thought, oh, God, here we go. But <laughs> they popped back on and never even brought it up again. Odd. Okay, so, Mr. Lammers. Yes, sir. 
from what I'm to understand, what I'm to understand about movies now, uh, after watching the Super Bowl yesterday and seeing the movie spots, we're going to do another Die Hard franchise. It's called Skywalker <laughs> now, or Sky Skyscraper. Yeah, it's yep. just Die Hard. It's all it is. Is it? Yep. And we've got uh, Star Wars Part ninety five. We got Jurassic World Part ninety five. So wait, they've got... already announced episode. What would that be, nine? Or is this a new thing? This, this one is uh, a spin-off, a Star Wars story about the um, early days of Han Solo. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that. This has been yeah, coming for and a and episode while. nine will be in a year and a half. So, yeah, this was the one that, uh, the, it was a troubled production because they fired the co-directors <laughs> um, who did the Lego movie in 21 Jump Street, and they said it was too humorous. You know, this isn't the the tone of a Star Wars film. So then they brought about uh, brought in Ron Howard to essentially reshoot eighty percent of the film. Oh, um, so yeah, yeah, they, it they're way late to the game with any sort of promotional stuff, including this is the first footage, the first official footage that came out last night. But yeah, I mean, if if you know, um, what oh, happened? Tim hung up. Call back, Tim. Tim. Some call me Tim. <laughs> call back. Um, this is from, this is what I was telling you about earlier, from Glenn Gevick, or, yeah, I, guess, I think it's Gevick, G-E-V-I-K. Gevick. Glenn Gevick. Friend of ours took the bus shuttle from Duluth to Minneapolis last Friday. She was sitting next to a guy from <laughs> Philadelphia that had a Super Bowl ticket. He thought Duluth was a suburb of Minneapolis, so he flew into Duluth. No lie, everyone on the shuttle burst out laughing at him. <laughs> God, how do you not do some research? No, look, if 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 I was going to go to Philadelphia to see the Eagles play, you know what I think I'll do is fly into Pittsburgh because it's in Pennsylvania. I mean, look at the map. Some people are just pull out a map, take a gander. There's you know, our friend Tim. What is this guy? Uh, so you were saying Han Solo, et cetera, Disney, et cetera. Disney got wind of my uh, mm. my slamming Star Wars, so they cut me off. I understand. I'm this blind. Han Solo thing, I I can get where they would want to do it, somewhat, yeah. you know, humorous because in the in the movies he's like almost comic relief. I mean, not really, but he's yeah. you know. Yeah. But on the other yeah. hand, the one of the reasons that everyone was so upset about that. Greedo shot first thing, which I think is the dumbest thing in the world. Who cares? But the reason a lot of people were so upset is because apparently that scene was supposed to illustrate that before the, he uh, met Luke and everything, he was basically just like a, a killer and a bad guy. So technically this movie should highlight what a piece of crap he was. <laughs> but I doubt they'll be well, doing that. I hope so. I mean, we might be surprised. Yeah. But... <clears throat> Anytime you fire a pair of directors, anytime you bring in somebody new, you know, to start right away, I mean, they got a big task ahead of them. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I want it to work. I want it to be entertaining. But again, I mean, there are just so many places you can go with the story. And, and um, the only place for Han Solo, since he died in The Force Awakens, is to go back. And um, so we'll see. I mean, Woody Harrelson's in the picture, and I like him, you know, so... Who knows? Who, hmm. who knows? But again, to illustrate Tom's point, it's just the same thing over and over. Again. Oh, is it annoying? Yeah. Well, I, I think that there were a couple spots um, that I think 
there there are some hopes for originality there. There was one called um, The Quiet Place. Did you see that spot? And that was um, Emily Blunt and John oh, Krasinski. Yeah. yeah. Where they're on the run, and effectively, if they make a noise, whoever the bad people are, they can hear them, and they will come and find them and kill them. Hmm. So they're, you know, it just seemed interesting to me that, okay, this is... Are they going to go through the whole movie sign language, or what are they going to do? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. At least they're trying something a little bit different. And then the other thing that I liked that was original, and I just think from an industry standpoint, from the, the approach that I think this is really going to change the way movies are going to come out, is how Netflix acquired the third Cloverfield film from Paramount. You know, they had the wherewithal to distribute this thing, but no, they sold the rights to Netflix. And Netflix not only did the um, trailer, which they were expected to do, but they announced that we're going to start streaming it right after the game. So, you know, you're talking about this is the first... I mean, hell, if you're going to announce that the film's going to be on Netflix and you're going to be paying for an advertisement, what bigger audience can you get than the Super Bowl? So I think it was a highly effective move. So I, I praise what they did as for the actual film. I mean, I'm going to watch it tonight to see how good it is. But, um, yeah, what an interesting move. But apart from that, again, The Rock running on the, the scaffolding, you know, how many hundreds of stories in the air and jumping. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, just so ridiculous, man. I have a question for you, by the way. Because I did not yeah. know this, and I, I was told by several people, including this morning by a few people on the uh, on the KQ Morning Show, that Dwayne Johnson is barely six feet tall. Not surprising. Oh boy, you know, boy, he looks tall though, doesn't he? he I mean, you know, really there's always tall. there are always tricks. Yeah, I think they make the him look tall. Yeah, but you know, generally. We caught a, a the, the kids wanted to watch Hairspray again this weekend, and the girl that was in the film, the film version with Travolta and Chris Walken, her name's Nikki Blonsky, and, and I, I looked it up, she's 4'10", and I said to my kids, they say she's 4'10", which means she's 4'8". <laughs> right. Everybody pads the height in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Everybody does. Well, it says here, um, Dwayne. Well, I don't know if he's that short. I mean, six feet tall is tall enough yeah that's not for a short. guy like that he seems a lot bigger doesn't he well it says here that he's six foot five no way really yeah it says here uh this is on google that he's six feet five but i've heard know. from several people that worked with him that he's he's barely six feet tall well Could i mean be. i guess if there's any pictures of him out there compared to people whose height we know yeah then, then i guess we could compare uh oh wait a minute right. Here's a new one. Sorry, go ahead. Here's a new one. Dwayne uh, The Rock Johnson, height 6'2". Uh, the I don't third think story, uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, 6'1". Mm. <laughs> he's losing height in every story. <laughs> I know well, it could be he's just shrinking with age, you know. Yeah, well, five inches. Well, all those muscles weigh a lot, and that's going to put compression on your spine. <laughs> sure. It actually, it's, it will. Oh, really? Yeah. Because compression oh, on wow. the spine, you know, the, the uh, spinal discs compressing is why people get shorter as they age. And, you know, the more weight on the spine, the worse that's going to be uh, over the course of, you know, what? He's got to be at least almost 50, right? Who? Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Yeah. He's 45. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, 45. Well, well, you know, 30-some-odd years of that. That's a lot of weight to carry. Yeah, he is, is. He is in great shape, though. You oh, yeah. That much. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, if you really work at it, you can stay in pretty good shape until you're, you know, probably in your 70s. But it's a lot of work, even when you're young. Oh, this is I still like the guy, you know. I mean, he's still likable to me. But, you know, I think the key to the success of this movie, because obviously it looks so damn ridiculous, is are they going to be in on the joke? That's why the Fast and the Furious movies work now, mm-hmm. because most of the people, not Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel still takes it very seriously, but The Rock knows he's, it's a joke. Yeah. And, and it's, it's fun to laugh with them instead of at them. You laugh at Vin Diesel, you laugh with The Rock. Now, whether that's going to be the case here or not, I mean, it's, it's almost got to be the way you're going to go, right? Because it's just so ridiculous it's so ridiculous yeah i agree with you on that one well he wouldn't have done jumanji if he didn't know that there was at least some uh like almost parody aspect to him at this point because you know everyone with a very um unique uh look or the way they talk or whatever is going to become a running gag at some point i mean look at arnold Mm -hmm. schwarzenegger let's not forget his existence baywatch Oh, what a stiff that thing was. <laughs> oh, right, that well, existed. <laughs> you're right, Mike. That's, that's one of those movies where the only guy that was in on the joke in that movie was Hasselhoff in his yep. one or two cameo scenes. Right. Everybody else read it like straight up like they were reading a Baywatch script from the 90s, and that's why that movie was so horrible. Yeah. They were just yeah. taking it way too seriously, even though it was a comedy. Yeah, the, they the, were taking it way too seriously. The official genre is action comedy, but I yeah, guess they thought I that, I don't know. So we have a they phone call for Tim. Timmy! Yes? Yeah, we have Craig on the line. Craig, Tim, Craig. Tim, Craig. Tim, you're not going to like me after this phone call. <laughs> I just want to just okay. put that out there for you. <laughs> Tim, is there a conspiracy for critics just to rip Netflix? I'm not ripping Netflix at all. I love no, Netflix, no, not not you. You're not. That. They're you're, changing you're not, the way things are being done by taking a film that should have been in theaters and putting it right on the service, uh-huh. which to me was a genius move. I'm not ripping those guys mm-hmm. at all. I love Netflix. No, well, not you, Tim. You're part. You're you're the good movie critic. But let, let's let's talk about three good examples of how critics have ripped Netflix. One is Bright with Will with Will Smith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a very original film. It's got flaws. Don't get me wrong, but it's probably one of the most original films, other than The Shape of Water, that come out in 2017. And critics destroyed that film. And it did, yeah. Per- and personally, I don't feel that they it, it, that movie deserved that much hate. Okay. And number two, Altered Carbon, which is currently on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most original sci-fi shows I've seen ever since. Uh, you know, Lost is that is a very complex drama. I loved every single damn episode. There was vast amounts of female nudity, which I'm kind of pro. <laughs> He's not wrong. I'm kind of pro. And but the what thing is was is that it's it's smart, it's gritty, it's it's very violent, and it's amazing. But if you go and you read the co- uh, critics, the main ones, the big publisher co- uh, critics, they just hate it. I don't understand why. And number three well, is the clo- the Cloverfield yeah, paradox. Okay. Mm-hmm. I watched it last night. I think it's an amazing movie, but it didn't. It took AV Club an hour and a half. They must have fast forward through the movie because the movie came out at eight. I think eight thirty-five. They had a review on their website of the movie at nine forty-five. 
the movie is two and hours long. That doesn't make sense to me. And so, but they ripped it. They said it's slow pacing. It's horrible. I watched the same damn movie. I thought it was pretty good. And the last 15 minutes of that movie was amazing. So with that being said, and with what Disney has been doing to critics and what YouTube has been doing to critics in the last couple of months, I personally feel that it's some sort of conspiracy to, to hold Netflix down because it is completely unfair for YouTube to demonetize uh, videos of critics who are critical of Disney movies and then turn around and expect us, the general public, to really think that these critics are being honest with their opinion. Because you honestly can't tell me that The Last Jedi is a masterpiece. I think that is a cluster. And and we whoever directed it, and whoever we'll directed that movie should be banned. We will be back in just a couple of minutes. Continue the conversation. Tom Bernard Show. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Come leaders who bully like internet trolls. We'll curse you with four-letter words, love and hope. For we will go high even when you go low. The order is rearranging. For you is there any way we can keep him out of Minneapolis? Does <laughs> he become annoying? That's Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Oh. God, he's so annoying. It is un. Oh, yeah, he God. is. I watched the comedians in cars getting coffee with Jimmy Fallon. He basically the entire segment giggled. That's all he did was giggle the whole time. I don't know. I heard he's a very nice guy, but my God, he just he's not good at comedy. No, he's not. Anyway, Craig's still with us, right? Yeah, sorry. Listen, I just realized, I just listened to myself talk like over the commercial break. I just kind of had like a little realization that I kind of ranted for a couple minutes. <laughs> And I just no, want to apologize to everybody. No, the ranting part is fine. We just had to make sure that uh, that we had, took our break on time. So, okay, so Tim, what do you think about, yeah. about what Craig is saying? Well, um, you know, it is interesting, you know, a couple points. I mean, first of all, Netflix is, like I say, I think that what they did last night is going to change the business. I really do. And... 
you know, as far as critics are concerned, I don't know if they look down their nose at Netflix films, kind of in the way, remember when an actor's career was on the downslide and they were started to do straight-to-video movies? Remember that? So, so it kind of felt like, okay, they're just, if you're not on the big screen, you don't matter. Well, now we have this platform, which really, let's be honest, I think produces better content than the Hollywood studios you know, uh, uh, perform yeah, in yeah. not only TV, but film. So I, I'm wondering if that, that whole mindset needs to change is that, no, this, this platform is for real. They do, they're, they're sinking a lot of money into it. Basically what they are is they're the new HBO. They're the new cable effectively. Right. And, um, you know, and, and as a result, I mean, you know, all those cable channels are dying. I mean, HBO, all those, I think they they advertised last night that they, what was it um, some show oh Westworld they said that was like the first time in twenty years since HBO has done a Super Bowl ad I mean that's crazy so but this whole thing about um, I haven't read too much into the whole YouTube channel but Craig is right and I don't know how much you know about this Tom um, YouTube is requiring as of mid February that. Anybody that has a channel has to have at least 1,000 subscribers and a minimum of 1,000 watch hours per month before they can get paid for any content they put up there, Mm -hmm. which is if you're a new guy starting out, you know, and I got a small YouTube channel, there's no way putting two, three-minute videos up there, even if I were to get 1,000 subscribers, to amass that much watch time in a month is nearly impossible. Right. So what he, I guess in a way, it might be conspiracy theory like Craig. You're saying about how that might be going after smaller critics and taking their voice away because what's the point of putting on videos on YouTube and putting all that time and effort into it without making any money? So there two, might be an argument. Wait, let me, let me just say this. Is that two weeks after the release of The Last Jedi is that um, there was a big, massive strike against every single critic the ones, the, the critics who had 100,000 subscribers, everyone down to the 1,000 uh, subscribers, they all had, if, you, if they had the title um, <clears throat> hate or dislike The Last Jedi, and this guy, uh, just Google Last Jedi YouTube conspiracy, this guy does a really great uh, argument about how in a course of one day, a uh, hundred videos criticizing the Last Jedi as a horrible movie were all of a sudden demonetized in Ooh. in at one setting. And Ooh. so the thing is, is that remember what Disney did? Disney banned that one critic from Los Angeles who was critical about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is a real stretch. And uh, they banned him from reviewing any additional Disney movies. Well, it's then the critics' union uh, told Disney that they won't review any sort of other additional Disney films. So then mm. Disney backed out and allowed that critic to start reviewing Disney films. But the problem is, is that if you take a look at how uh, critics are treating Netflix movies versus big screen movies, it's it's really, really polar. And I really think that there's something is going on. That there's some sort of not you, Tim. You're 100% legit, and that's why I go to you first. But for everybody else, though, it just seems that they're tilting in a direction that a year ago I bet they wouldn't have tilted. And I think that there's some strings being pulled, and I just think it's horrible. Well, one thing I have to say about all this is, you know, this, this YouTube move is going to come back to bite them. I really do, because 
they're going to find that if you're not going to pay these people that are churning out content because they are ultimately making money off of it, which that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Why would you demonetize when, in fact, you're taking a big chunk of their money to begin with? So how soon before somebody else creates a streaming service where they do get paid? So I think that might happen in this instance. So I don't know. It's it's a changing business, and, and funny enough, uh, Mike, or was it Andy, who played the times they are changing? I thought that was actually in reference to what we were talking about before the commercial break, because things are changing. They are changing drastically, and um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you have an interesting argument to make. Um, I, again, I, I can't comment too much on it because I haven't looked into it, but I think it is a pretty interesting observation. And one more thing. Blade Runner 2049 doesn't get nominated for one single Oscar. That's even for set design or production or special effects. I mean, come on. Oh, they, they got some... plenty of nominations, but nothing well, yeah, major, in the, though. In, in the technical, like, best use of Windows 10 in a movie, but when it comes to, like, screenplay or, or like, special effects or something like that, that movie seriously had a legitimate chance at... at uh, being in the Oscar. I mean, if you're telling me that box office um, performance isn't a factor, it, it's ridiculous because I'll tell you, I don't understand why The Shape of Water is nominated so much. You know, it's just a, oh. a, a girl who has a disability and she bangs some sort of merman. Big deal. <laughs> Pretty you much. Know? I like and you're it. Telling, and like you're it. telling me that's going to win. On that one. <laughs> and you're going to tell I me that, that that's going to win Best Picture? Give me a break. You know, movie buffs love it. Mm. You know, I, uh, Craig, I, I got to ask. This is the thing. I'm sorry, Tom. Go ahead. No, I just want to ask Craig a quick question. Have you seen a futile and stupid gesture on on Netflix? I did, and I thought it was a brilliant film. And I did the way too. that I, they I and it. that the way that they ended that movie it was perfect. Yep. I was a big National it. Lampoon com, uh, fan, but you know, if you go online, and you re, if you re, re, uh, sorry, if you read reviews of that movie. It's, they rip it. They they shred it apart. What? They say it's a it's a horrible movie. But oh, I loved it. I mean, how are you supposed to shove the whole history of the National Lampoon in two hours? I mean, there could there could be two hours a uh, two hour movie just to, based upon the making of Caddyshack. I mean, mm -hmm. he, they couldn't shove yeah, right. everything in. But I don't know. No, I got to So Tim, you were you going to make a point? Will Forte did a good job. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he did. He was really good. But. All right, yeah. Tim. Listen, I'll let, I'll let you go. I'll yeah, let the Tom Bernard podcast get back on the track here. So, <laughs> no, no, we're good, Craig. Thank you very much for coming. Well, no, I agree. With I you. was just going to say, um, as far as the Oscars are concerned, and it's been going this way for a long time. It's it's about making sure that everybody gets an Oscar. You know, yeah, it, that that has turned into the everybody gets a trophy culture, mm -hmm. and I really don't take it that seriously anymore. A lot of people do, and, you know, it still gets ratings and everything like that. But, you know, you're right. As far as box office, right. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 didn't make a lot of money, but if you look at most of the nominated films, most of them haven't even cracked $100 million, you right. know, worldwide. Darkest Hour finally did. And, again, I, I think there are quality films that have been nominated, mm -hmm. and Tom and, and Catherine have seen Darkest Hour, and it's brilliant, and it should be nominated for Best Picture. But then there are other films where you're just scratching your head saying, what? This is my thing every year with the Oscars. It's the one time of the year where art triumphs over commerce, right? It's that one time of the year to tell us that we're smarter than the movie-going public, and we're going to tell you what's best. Right. And then the next day after the Oscars are over with, they're back to their scheming in the boardrooms trying to figure out what's going to 
bring them in the next, you know, the, the, what's the next billion dollar grossing movie? Yeah, so I, I just don't take the Oscars that seriously at all. Yeah, I don't blame you. Not a lot of people do anymore. Yeah, we don't watch them. I used to watch them when I was a kid. I used to, oh my God, it's the Oscars. This is going to be the greatest. Now, I haven't watched the Oscars in probably 10 years, can, maybe 15 years. Who can pay attention that long? Exactly. So then, long. And you know what else happened? Then I, uh, when I was four years old, it's like, oh, God. So many categories. It's just too much. So, Tim, just getting back briefly to the uh, Super Bowl movies, uh, I have no interest. I thought Jurassic World was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Just horrendous. <laughs> you were wrong. And then I thought, uh, I've never been a Star Wars fan because I'm not a science fiction fan at all. You're wrong again. Yeah. What other movies did they did they try to pimp? Um, but, you know, I actually, just because he is such of a, a go-getter with his films, um, with the stunts and everything, uh, I thought that the Mission Impossible, yeah. Yeah, again, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. I, I know that going in, but I love the fact that the guy, he's swinging from this helicopter, and you know it's him. And right. that, to me, just kind of raises the stakes, and I, I like that fact. And so I thought that was a good trailer. Uh, the Avengers, yeah, it looks interesting, and it looks like it's going to get dark, and, and it, it sounds like some of the Avengers aren't going to survive the picture. But my problem with superhero movies has become, you know, how many different storylines can you have going on the screen before it just, you know, everybody gets two minutes, you know? Right. When you're highlighting... Right a dozen, two dozen characters. It just stretches things way too thin. So, you know, I I thought it was an okay spot. But again, I love those kinds of movies, and I love the Mission Impossible movies. Um, But again, yeah, you see see something for the skyscraper. You see something for Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence. It's like, geez, you know, how many times we got to see this story? It just seems so familiar to me. Yeah, it's all, that, that, that skyscraper is nothing more than Die Hard. It's exactly what it is, is Die Hard. There's only so many movies you can make unless you want to go, like, you know, really original. But, you know, that's that takes a lot of effort. And have a real story. <clears throat> exactly. I mean, when it comes down to it, there's there's probably only, like, 20 different basic movies that if you don't put some weird twist into, then they're all just basically the same thing. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I wanted to mention quickly because uh, uh wanted to talk about it last week. But I am so glad that you guys loved I, Tanya. So yeah, good. it was great. It really was. It was great. Total surprise. I mean, completely out of the blue, mm-hmm. Allison Janney oh. is a force of nature. She is so unbelievable in that movie. Everybody was great, though. Yeah, I mean, everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. Margot Robbie and the guy that played Jeff Galuli, uh, who actually is in the Avengers movie. Uh, <laughs> Sebastian Stan is his name. And then that guy that played the security agent. Oh, my God. And, and it's great because they have footage of the real guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're looking at the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. great. It was great. No, you were right on the money about that. We absolutely loved I, Tanya. And, again, I, I, I don't reveal for people who haven't seen it yet, but what what Allison Janney, as her, as her mother does to her at the end of the movie, is oh. so out of line. It is unbelievable. Yeah. So just tell me, did you really, did you do it? Oh, my God, you filthy pig. (laughs) Well, you know, there was an ABC special on on, um, the real Tanya Harding where they interviewed that mother. Right. And she is a mother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. She is a piece of work. 
And yeah, again, yes, she does take credit for, you know, the, the tough love. Of her. I think it was far beyond tough love. Yeah. Yes. It was just downright cruel yeah, what she did to that woman. No. You realize in the movie how horrible um, human beings, both uh, the husband and the mother were. Mm -hmm. And to me, it really changed my perspective of, of Tanya Harding. I, I felt she felt vindicated after the picture, and she should. Cause nope. She was so hated after that whole thing. Yeah. So great tip, Timmy. Another great week, and we will talk to you on KQ this week. On Thursday morning, we got the 1517 to Paris, which is Ooh. the true life story of those guys that took down the terrorists oh, yeah, on the yeah. train. I like it. It works for me. All luckily. right. Talk to you Thursday morning. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. You too, Tim. Thank you. We'll yeah. be back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. This is Jason Gonzalez theme song. Another one bites the dust. Jason, you had a great idea. Apparently, uh, Andy shut it down because he said, if you don't have a food vendor's license, you're selling people 1,200 donuts, you might run in a little trouble with <laughs> yeah. the state. Which I didn't realize. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I should have thought of that, actually. You don't have a license for You have to have a license to operate a gumball machine. Yeah, that's like when <laughs> kids get yelled at for the lemonade stand. Oh, yeah, that's all the time. stupid. Yeah. Technically, it's illegal, but also it's a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess the worry is their parent might be, you know, contaminating the food or something. Well, I don't know. To be honest with you, I have purchased many a child uh, lemonade stand drink. Mm -hmm. Never even had a sip of one. I go, okay, great. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Go around with me. Yak. <laughs> Just <laughs> yep. throw it underground. I'm not drinking that. Well, you that. don't like that country time lemonade? Is that what it is? is it's, it's country time. Yeah. Well, I don't like country, country time. time lemonade that's been like fresh squeezed by a kid who hasn't washed his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, your mother and I were at it, staying at a hotel one time. We got up in the morning and went down uh, to have a little bite to eat uh, here and there. You know what I'm saying? And the woman serving us said, "Would you like some uh, orange juice? It's freshly squoze." 
Squoze? That doesn't sound appetizing at all. Where the hell do you get the word squoze from anyway? (laughs) Words are hard. O's? No. Yeah, no, there's. What what part of the country was this? This was in uh, Minnesota. Okay. Oh, freeze, froze? Well, freeze, froze, squeeze, squoze. Then it would be frozen, so it would be squozen. Squozen. Freshly squozen. Never squozen. Always fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Never squozen, always fresh. An enterprising Minnesota college student who drove to Iowa every weekend, he did it every weekend, to buy hundreds of Krispy Kreme donuts, and then then he he then sold to his own customers in the Twin Cities area, has been warned by the confectionery giant to stop. I don't know if I'd call them a confectionery giant because they'd failed miserably in many states like Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Colorado. How many locations do they have? Let's see here. Yeah, track it down. Huge in Louisiana. They have a thousand yeah. locations, so well, it's still pretty, pretty gigantic. Make five hundred million dollars a year, pretty good. Why didn't something that only has one hundred and ninety calories per serving? Why didn't it succeed in Minnesota? I have no idea. Yeah, like who doesn't like fresh donuts? There was nothing, no joy better <laughs> exactly. than seeing like the sign lit up. It's true. Yep. Watching them off that little conveyor belt, and then they did come my, off the little my conveyor. My favorite belt. donut is the cruller. Do you know what a cruller is? I'm not a bear so. paw. Same thing. No, no, same no. Thing. It's the ones that look like a tire. They have like the ridges. Oh and yeah. And oh, they like, do. Yeah, and they're kind of like the. It's more of like an egg donut. It's like a popover on oh, the inside. Oh yeah. It's more oh, light. No, I've never had it. I didn't know that was called a cruller. Yeah, well, they're called different in the South. They're called crullers. That's what my grandfather mm. called them. He'd always take me to the donut shop in Greenville, North Carolina, and we'd have donuts and I'd get a cup of orange juice. He'd get his coffee, but yeah, th- I like those because they're not super dense and sweet no, they're not. and sugary yeah, right, like right. some other donuts are. I can't, I feel sick after I eat a donut. Can yeah, I give you too. give you a little north a little uh, north side poor person prescription? Huh. Whenever I. Yeah, it was only a few times. That, well, maybe no, it was more than that, probably. But it, whenever I was feeling sick, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was going to throw up, but I just couldn't throw up. Right. Tootsie's ghetto medicine. Take a donut and dip it in cold coffee. If I took one bite, I'd start vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Why? Who I don't you? know. Some I have no idea why that worked. <laughs> I used to have a coworker. She hated coffee, but the only way she would eat Oreo cookies is if she could dip the Oreo cookie what in coffee. What kind of animal dips an Oreo cookie I in coffee? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She well, hated coffee, good, but she that's the only way she would eat Oreo cookies. It uh, was weird. Nope. I don't know what it is with dipping stuff in coffee. Wait. That's nasty. Even the thins? Probably. Those Oreo thins are phenomenal. Oh, I know. My you got to go double them. stuffed in, in a nice glass of milk. And the trick is, I'm going to change your life. You take a fork. <laughs> I'm going to change, <laughs> yes, your, I'm gonna change your life. And you stick it into like the cream so the cookie's stuck on the fork. Yeah. And then you put the fork and you dip that in the milk. And then you hold it in there for like 36 seconds. And then it's like the perfect combination of soft and crunchy. Not 35, it's, but 36. No, it's 36. I've counted. I have <laughs> You're unbelievable. <laughs> Oh, God. 36 seconds. I'll remember that next mm-hmm. time I do double stuffed. And Tom's going to be counting with yeah. his cookies. And you have to milk. get the Cinnamon Buns flavored Oreos. Ooh, is that? I've Amazing. never had one. Amazing. Really? Uh, just like Cinnabon. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm here for the Cinnabon. people this morning. I'm here, I'm here <laughs> for the people. Yes, I can. that's what I thought. You want to make people envious of you? When you go, every airport has a Cinnabon. Mm-hmm. Okay? When you get in the airport, buy a Cinnabon and then bring it on the plane. As soon as the plane takes off, Open it up, you'll hear the whole plane go. 
Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you're sitting there eating your Cinnabon while everyone's getting their little package Brother of <laughs> pretzels and animal crackers. There you have it. An enterprising Minnesota college student who drove to Iowa every weekend to buy hundreds of Krispy Kreme donuts and he then sold to his own customers in the Twin Cities area, been warned by the confectionery giant to stop. They have been uh, no Krispy Kreme stores in Minnesota for 11 years now. Good God, I didn't Sounds know that. about right. Man. Used to have the big one up there in Maple Grove. Jason Gonzalez, 21, of Champlin, Minnesota, would drive 270 miles to a Krispy Kreme store in Clive, Iowa, pack his car... <laughs> A hundred boxes of donuts. Twelve hundred donuts. How could he possibly be making money after the gas? I mean, he said he was charging 17 to $20 a box. How much That's are correct. they like? I have no idea. Fresh off like the farm. $12 a box, probably something probably. like that? Probably. So $500 worth of illicit goods? Yeah, I got a lot of money. A donut smuggler. Although, yeah, he was a donut smuggler. <laughs> although some customers spend 100 bucks a box. So right. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, because, I mean, at that point, it's like, are you going to drive to Iowa yourself and get them? Yeah, right, that's yeah. true. And now it's just like a, a Grubhub You really, really demand. need it. Give him 100 bucks, though, man. Could you imagine that if he got 100 bucks per, he'd make 10 Gs a trip? <laughs> That'd be pretty good. <clears throat> get everybody to kick in big time, man. Yeah, I suppose. I, it's, you know, so he spends $1,200, right? Yeah. And like I wonder how grand. that started. Like, he definitely probably was like a drunk, like, oh, I didn't know there was one down. I'm going to go get what? my own. Came back, now friends see it. and I think you're 100% right about that. It was a drunken trip at one yeah, point. He's like, you know what? Uh, I think Krispy Kreme sounds good. I think tomorrow I'm going to go get some. And then somebody, yeah, your friends see it, and now you have people just one after another line up for donuts. Although Jason's only 21, so it probably wasn't a drunken thing on his part. Oh, yeah, no, and I'm not saying he drove down never, there. He, no, he didn't drive down there. Drunk. No. no, it was an idea that no. boomed. It's true. Uh, less than a week after the St. Paul Pioneer Press reported on his money-making scheme, Gonzalez received a phone call from Krispy Kreme's Nebraska office telling him to stop. The senior studying accounting at Metropolitan State University in St. Paul said he was told uh, his sales created a liability for the North Carolina-based company. In a statement Sunday night, Krispy Kreme said it's looking into the matter. We appreciate Jason's passion for Krispy Kreme and his entrepreneurial spirit as he pursues his education. The statement read, no word yet on whether that might uh, mean a continuation of his trips. I have a question for you. If you were Krispy Kreme, would you call him or would you just send him a notice that you must stop legally? Why would they call him? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, and if it's and if it's worth his time to drive down there and buy a hundred dollars, come back and sell, just open up a Krispy Kreme store here. Then maybe yeah, that's for real. Be, like that's all the evidence you need. But yeah, yeah. But the people who did own Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Colorado took a bath in those things. Uh, we also don't have Dunkin' either. Do we? <clears throat> we don't have Dunkin' Donuts. We do. I think they just came back. I oh, yeah? think. Yeah, well, Tim Hortons came, and now they're leaving. <laughs> yeah, are they leave? Tim Hortons yeah, leaving? Some of them are... just don't eat donuts like they do down south, yeah. I guess. Or on the coasts. Yeah, a lot of Tim Hortons that just popped up are already closing. Really? Yeah. Huh. I know. It's kind of like yeah. how, what happened with Krispy Kreme. They yeah. came here, they were huge for about a minute, and then they went away. Um Honestly, the only time I ever really see people with donuts are gas station donuts. Yep. Yeah. From oh, like really? holiday, holiday's got good donuts. Yeah, either like yeah, the holiday or the people love the glam doll 
donuts oh, yeah. over in Northeast and in Uptown. How do you know about Glam Doll? I told you, I like donuts. The best one, Jesus, my favorite is Palomino. Bogarts. Bogarts? Bogarts. Yeah, Bogarts. Where's that? Uh, it's over, kind of off of like Lake Street, kind of by Lake Calhoun-ish area. Oh, really? Yeah. Proudly owned by oh, the Humphrey Gobart, Bogart ancestors. Bogarts, Bogarts, what is it? Bogarts. Donuts. Donuts. Bogarts Donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, don't Bogart that joint, my friend. Is <laughs> yeah, that where it's from? You think that's probably where it's from, don't you think? I don't know, but I think that's their new slogan now. Don't Bogart that donut. Exactly. <laughs> they have free delivery on DoorDash. Who does? Bogarts? Yep. Oh, see? Uh-oh. Um, yeah, question from one of our listeners, Joe in Louisville. How did Krispy Kreme get Jason's phone number in the first place? Yep, somebody snitched. I know. There's something going on here that we don't know about. It. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Wait a minute here. So in any case, yeah, good good luck to the gate. Clear thinking. He knew he he knew he had a market and he took care of it. But now somebody had to mess it up because really nobody had to report him. I mean, why did no. you have to turn him in? This was a victimless crime. Yeah. It was exactly. It wasn't even a, well. I suppose it was a crime. Unless there was food. another bakery nearby. Yeah. That, that was could be. like, hey, oh, the bakery. You're stepping on my toes, man. Randall's like, we haven't sold as many donuts. Let's look into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're ruining my dozens. <laughs> I got ratted out by Butterball, or what is it, Butterboy? That's what it was, Butterboy. Butter there was boy? there was a a bakery in North Minneapolis, right on, I believe it was Gerard and Broadway, I think somewhere. It was really close. If it wasn't on Gerard and Broadway, it was very very close. But it was Butterboy Bakery. Hmm. And then the, somebody crossed the word boy out, which I thought was Butter baker? Well, they crossed boy out because it was in North Minneapolis. Oh, I Someone suppose. Out there and cross out the word boy. Don't call me boy. That was very funny. I had forgotten all about that till just now, which is why I'm laughing so hard. That's very funny. I forgot all about that. <laughs> the guy looked up and was like, what the heck? <laughs> What's wrong with hey, boy? A couple, couple of two-by-fours covering up the boy. What's that all? <laughs> no. Ah, uh, whatever. Well, I have a movie recommendation since we don't have All right. One. Have you seen Stuber? No, but I heard it's good. It is so funny. We watched it the other night, and we laughed so much. What, what nationality is Batista? Do you know? Batista is Spanish. No, like we looked at. Uh, I thought he was like half Native American, half like Russian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's an odd-looking man, and we laughed so hard because my my stepson. He's like, oh yeah, he, he meant to say Filipino, but it didn't come out. Can you guess what it, <laughs> it came out of his mouth? Philip Wise. I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to attempt to butcher this. <laughs> no, we don't want to mess with that. He's man. standing in the kitchen. He's like, no, he's fallopian. <laughs> fallopian. He's a tube. No, I guess he's part long. Filipino. Um, but yeah, who's was, Batista? The artist? Was, no, he was a, a wrestler. Now he. Oh, I don't know anything about him. Uh, what's his first name? Dave Batista. Oh, no, he Dave was, Batista. Yeah, what's sure. his name That's in right. Avengers? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was Drax in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which he actually looks oh. normal, more normal green as, guy. as green yep. a green guy than he does an actual human being. Really? <laughs> he's an odd-looking his man. His proportions are off. Yeah, very. He's like he's. Wasn't he like a? He's a huge dude, isn't he? he? Yes, yeah. he he doesn't look human at all. He's six uh, six and two ninety. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, he's a big fella, but with a very small head. I'm not pissed you off, am I? <laughs> he's got like he's got like the no neck. And, oh man! Yeah, but yeah, it was a really funny movie, Tom. And I was watching. I'm like, I bet Tom would like this movie. Isn't it like Stu and Bernie? That's what Stuber is. 
It, no, it's Stu. His name is Stu, and he's an Uber driver. Oh, that's right, oh, okay. Stuber. That's and right. He, and the reason why Batista's character ha- has to get a, oh, an Uber yeah. is because he had LASIK eye surgery, and he's trying to crack this case because his partner was killed. So he ends up hiring an Uber driver to take him to these places to <laughs> try and crack this case because he's right. a cop. And, of course, the Uber driver gets wrapped into helping him trying to catch these criminals. But, yeah, it was, a right. fun, it was a, one of those kind of dumb, fun. Hour and a half? Yeah, it wasn't that long. I like Three it. minutes, there you go. Yeah. I like it. Works for me. I could go see that. We and saw uh, Michael Bryant, and I went and saw Motherless Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Good movie, but it was two and a half hours long. It, could have been, it should have been two hours long. It's too yeah, long. Some of those movies, they just you're sitting there and you're just like, when is this going to end? The worst one I think was was A Star Was Born. I thought that movie lasted five days. It was. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm like. I heard you... nothing but bad things about that. Really, the there remake? Was, yeah. Yeah, there were some good parts in it, but man, it just. I've never. I felt like I was watching like Roots or something, like a mini series that lasted right. three days. It I was. was like, by the time it's over, you walk out and you're just disoriented. And <laughs> you have no idea where you what are. Season what season is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, God. geez, Louise. It's too long. Well, it was 135 minutes. So what was the Stars Born? That's all it was? No, Two hours? And... No, it was like 600. <laughs> I swear. 600 hours. <laughs> At least 10 hours long. Um, oh, but I mean like a boring 200 or 135 minutes? Yeah, know. that's yeah, that's a bad two. It is depressing. So Do yourself a favor and go see Motherless Brooklyn just to see Gugu Mbatha Raw. What? Who? The young woman who stars in The Black Woman. Her name is Gugu Mbatha Raw. You want to see her. That's a very attractive young lady. I'm going to have to Google her. Google, how do we spell it? G-U-G-U. All i got to do is type in Google because she comes right up. And Sansfrey told me the picture they have posted is not a very good picture of her, Mm. which is unfortunate. Oh, here. Okay. Did you find her? She's she's very beautiful. Very pretty, man. Worth going to see the movie just for Gugu. I am Gaga for Gugu. You're the second person today that said that. So I was talking about it this morning on the show, and somebody texted me, Gugu Gaga. She looks like a cross between, she kind of looks like Carrie Washington a little bit. Like a cross between Carrie Washington Mm -hmm. and what's the girl's name from um, Uh, my next wife? That's, she looks like a cross between. Oh, my first wife. My first wife. Yeah, she looks like a cross between Carrie Washington and um, what's the gal from uh, The Cosby Show? Um, oh, the young one? The, oh, gosh. I don't remember. The only one the I know is Tempest Bloodsoe. Because she was mar- it's the older Her one. name is Tempest. No, it was, she, wasn't she married funny. to like Lenny Kravitz? Yes. But I can't remember her name. I can see her face, oh, but gosh. I can't remember her name. Really pretty, though. Yeah, that's really what she kind of looks like, a cross between those two. We'll take a break. Be right back with the family. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today 
or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customers? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. We all came down from Montreux. That was a great song. It's a true story, too, by the way. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with the family. I found myself in the past three days agreeing with Donald Trump on something, President Obama on something, Michelle Obama on something, and Bill Maher on something. What the hell has happened to me? I don't know. That's I a lot of people. Four, <laughs> four they, people I agreed that, with. Yeah, you usually don't agree with. Four different, four completely different subjects too. But they made sense, and I, if you make sense, I would agree with that. Right. I think it means you keep an open mind. Is what that means. So all I ever do is give, give, give. That's what you're saying. Yeah. You gave me a cookie today. <laughs> That's true. I did give you a cookie. We're off to a good start. When she was speaking at the Obama Foundation Summit in Chicago last week, Michelle Obama lamented that the issue of white flight she grew up with still exists today. She said she can't make people not afraid of black people. It's not the black people they're afraid of. That's what people have to learn. It's the gun violence in the inner cities all across America. That's why what you call white flight with continu- uh, continues still exists today because we have gotten out of the way of violence in our inner cities. That's why no one wants to live there. It's, it's not escaping from black people. It's ex- escaping the violence is the problem in the city. And it's not right. just black people. It's all the people. Uh, you know, not all the people, literally, like, Timmy, get out there and shoot someone. <laughs> you know, I don't mean it that way. But every day now, somebody gets shot in, in St. Paul, Minneapolis, yep. Bloomington, wherever you are. Somebody gets shot in the Twin Cities every day now. And it didn't used to be like that. I white flighted and <clears throat> because of the murder creeping toward my place. Well, there is that. Because I lived in uh, Minneapolis for, uh, like, what, four or five years? Yes, you did. Yeah, and then... It, the shootings just got worse and, and worse, worse, and I and was, worse, yeah. can't live here. I'm going to do that at 1 o'clock. I'm going to white flight at 1 o'clock, get away from Tevin. It's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> You're doing black flight. <laughs> black flight out of here. <laughs> exactly. Get away from Tom if I possibly can. Uh, here's the deal. She grew up with, and it still exists, uh, I can't make people not afraid of black people, adding, I can't explain what's happening in your head, but maybe if I show up every day as a human, a good human, maybe just maybe, that will pick away at the scabs of your discrimination. I have no problem with that comment whatsoever. I think it's a, a very smart comment, and it's a good way to put it. If I do my best to be a good human, 
maybe it'll have an effect on you. Right? That's good, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not good enough for the New York Times, of course. Now she's a moron. Okay? Yeah. In the New York Times, black columnist Charles Blow writes, and why do they have to t- say, tell everybody he's a black columnist? I think it matters. Because if you? it's a white guy that's like trying to like tell, tell her tell how, Obama to, she's talk not about how to be black. How to be black yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a bit that's probably true. Charles Blow writes that he has saddened the former first lady, a woman he greatly admires, voiced that sentiment. Why should this brilliant black woman spend even a second of her time considering the mindset of a racist? Because she's a good person. That's why. She'd like to make the world better for everybody. That's why. Not like you, Charles. Uh, She shouldn't. No black person should. No person who suffers the sting of racism should. Well, that's everybody, though, Charles. People of all colors, depending where they are on earth, suffer from racism. Uh, you know, you know what I love? A lot of upper-income white people think that black people can't be racist. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That's I was just gonna say. I hate that so much. I got into a fight with uh, a coworker of mine like years and years and years ago because she was like, "Oh, Tevin, like you can't be racist, like because you're black." And I'm like, "No, like that's racist for you telling me that I can't be racist." Exactly. What you think I'm not good enough right. to be racist? You're not good enough to be <laughs> racist. I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you who's a racist and who isn't. Yeah, they got to let that go. I've been hearing that for years now. Black people can't be racist. Yeah, they sure can. Just like every other human being. See, mm-hmm. do they not realize they're in a way marginalizing your humanity by saying something like that? You're not yeah. like normal humans, Tevin. You're you so powerless that you can't even hate right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. I find that to be hilarious. I'm just picturing Tevin hating anyone. You don't hate anybody, do you? Ooh, he not does without, have a not without like good reason, I <laughs> oh, guess. Yeah. Like yeah. not just because like oh you're white, like I hate all white people or hate all like. But yeah, like it's ridiculous. If you do something, if you cut me off in traffic, then yeah, whatever race you are behind the wheel, you're one of those mfers. You're my prickish story. What I did to a guy on a hundred uh, <laughs> yesterday? No, no Saturday. Excuse me. <clears throat> so I'm on Highway 100. And there's a kind of a dump truck next to me, but it's keeping pace with me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the speed limit in the left lane. Matter of fact, a couple of miles an hour, just two miles an hour over the speed limit. And this truck's staying right with me. This guy comes up on my ass to the point I can't even see his headlights. I mean, he is on my bumper, right? So did I get upset? Did I slam on my brakes? Did I give him the finger? No. I took my foot off the accelerator. And the car just kept slowing and slowing and slowing, and so there's nothing he could do about it. And finally, he realized, I'm not going to move, I'm not going to slam on my brakes, and I'm not right. going to speed up. You want to go around? Go around. Yeah. That's the way to handle it, like a child. handle <laughs> 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 it like a little child. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> be perfect. He, and he didn't get mad. He didn't honk or give me the finger on the way by. He just realized, yeah, that was kind of... Kind of dink thing to do. Mm-hmm. So we each did a dink thing, and we're good to go. Right. Yeah, yeah. cancel each other out, we, we, and we move on. There's no <laughs> Exactly. No violence no. or anything like that. Okay, so my wish for Michelle Obama is simple, that she never again allow herself to entertain the thought of how she is being perceived by racists and whether or not that is changing any of our their minds. Or as he puts it in his concluding line, why should cavemen be allowed to occupy space in the mind of a superwoman? That's the dumbest thing I have ever heard, It's starting Charles. to sound a lot like Mein Kampf. Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? Why should subhumans be allowed to exist when us <laughs> superior beings exactly. do? Exactly. I mean, mm. how do you not realize how Nazi-like that really is? Well, because they're the good guys. They can't they're the be good wrong. Nazis. They're good. 
I, I just, seriously, she's trying to help. What we need, Steve Charles, is more people coming together, yeah. not keeping them apart. She's trying her best, as is Barack Obama, with his speech about the cancel culture, which I thought was a great speech. I couldn't agree with him more. And now you heard what they're doing to Obama, right? Because he made a speech saying, hey, all this stuff about the cancel culture, you know, trying to destroy someone just because they don't agree with your political views or whatever. Uh you know what they call him now because he did that? Because he was their big hero, remember, for eight years. I mean, yeah. Barack Obama couldn't do anything wrong, and neither could Michelle Obama. And, oh, my God, everything's wonderful. Oh, my God. But they don't fit in their ideas any longer. So now all of the basically really hateful people on the far left, and I'm sure on the far right, too, refer to him as Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> If you don't agree with me, the reason must be because your views are outdated. Because you're because, old. Not because I'm not perfect. A question I have for, okay, you're, how old are you now, Tevin? 27. So 27, Andy, you're still a millennial at 33, right? I'm on the cusp. You're on the cusp. Yeah, that's what I thought. So we have two millennials in the room here. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, you never have enough sure. millennials, I guess. Let me think about it. No, I just lost my train of thought because you said that. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. No, I, I just, do you see any sense in any of this stuff that's going on out there right now? I mean, seriously. These people that are just, okay, I'll break it down, and you guys can hate me forever if you want. But, uh, well, you're 27, and Andy, you're 33, so it wouldn't really apply to you because 26 is pretty much the age. Why would I want to listen to someone who's 21 years old talk about policy when your brain's not even fully formed yet? Yeah. yeah. That makes no sense. You, you can't even think to your full capacity yet, and you're going to tell me how I should live my life? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Well, not to mention you have people, they're voting at 18, 19, but they don't yes. have any real stake in anything. No, they don't. The only thing that matters to them is getting more stuff because they don't have enough stuff. They don't have, like... A family to worry about, you know, policy that right. might affect a family, other people. They only care about policy that affects them right now. No, I think that's exactly right. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, that's a valid point, though, don't you think? That wait a minute, you're 19 years old, mm-hmm. your brain is seven years yep. away from being fully formed. Why do you even get an opinion about this? You yeah. don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I know yeah. that all my opinions when I was a teenager were bad. So. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> Mine too, Andy. Absolutely. I remember, like, we had, like, a politics class in high school and, like, our senior year. So we're, like, oh, we're, like, voting's coming up. We're going to watch all the news all the all time right, and all yeah. this. And it was, like, like, none of this stuff has anything to do with me. Like, I want to go home and play video games, hang out with my friends and play sports. Like, nothing that is on Things a teenager should like, do. Yeah, like normal teenage stuff. Like the laws right. aren't like me voting for whoever. They don't care about the what eighteen year old kid in Osceola, Wisconsin, no. wants. And like what I want has nothing to do with what anything like anybody else in America that's a grown adult wanted. You are absolutely right. Uh, but again, I, I would like to make the point that that white flight thing was not. They for some people it probably was based on skin color, but most people mm-hmm. the white flight came what they call white flight. Um, came about because of crime right. and poverty. Because all of these big cities that keep electing these people that say they're going to change everything, and then they just take all the money out and put it somewhere else, and people are destitute because the city didn't do what they promised them they'd do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've been to the projects or, like, the inner city, and right. like inner city housing, like, 
the people that live there don't want to live there. It's just a situation. No, exactly. Like everybody's fighting to get out. It has nothing to do with skin color. It's just yeah, you know, we want to be around crime and that's exactly and what like it that. is. Yeah, everyone wants to leave, but only some people can afford to leave. Right. That was the issue. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I mean, although those places down where the Bryant projects used to be down there on Bryant and Fifty Five, well, they're mm. nice, man. Are they? Yeah. Have you ever seen? I don't know about the inside of them. <laughs> I mean, I was in one about eight hundred years ago, but that was the day I was. I was in a friend of mine lived in those projects mm. many many years ago. <clears throat> so I get my car. It's a it's a convertible. I put the top down, which for a white guy to do in North Minneapolis apparently is really rare because they're all running over. What are you doing? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you, man? Put that back up. But I'm listening to Tower of Power song Rock Baby. Mm-hmm. Great song. And as the song comes to an end, this guy looks at me, big black guy looks at me and goes, what you know about The Rock? (laughs) (laughs) And I just started laughing. It's like, man, unbelievable. That's all I know. Did you know, by the way, I may have talked about this. I know I've talked about it in the morning show. But our people of color audience is what they like to call it now, people of color. I hate that. I do, too. What's the difference between colored people? Right. There's and no like, difference, and especially when uh, I saw like a tweet or something, and like it was a black a black color. person like referred to themselves as a POC, and I was like, okay, we're done here. A pox on the people. <laughs> as a POC, <laughs> I can say, as a POC. Well, we're all POCs because this isn't exactly right. white; it's kind of pinky. Right. I was gonna say last I checked, like there's still a white crayon in the. In the cram box. So. Yeah, pretty much. And there was a flesh cram, which true. was this color. That was that <laughs> color. That was more. Don't pinky call it that, that anymore. Yeah, I don't no. understand why they ever had a white crayon. Honestly, yeah, we can write I, on white paper. <laughs> yeah. I, know. Yeah, I don't know either. Color on black I think it's yeah for like colored construction yeah. paper. Uh, Why does it have to be colored construction paper? <laughs> Pigmented construction yeah. paper. Pigmented everything got to be paper. racist with you. <laughs> See, this is what could happen, folks. You could have three men, one woman, one of those men is black, and we can laugh and have fun. I know it's really hard to do. Although, yeah. although like when you said, why does it got to be colored paper? Going to Osceola, Wisconsin with all white people, I use that joke. All I bet the time. you do. Oh, like, it, was timing. it like deer in headlights or like? Oh, there was there was Miss Oliveri, like brand new teacher, fresh out of college. Like she's there as like a teaching assistant, got a job. Mm-hmm. She's basketball. already scared she's, of everything. Yeah, like she's just she's like fresh off the boat, yep. if you will. Yeah. And uh, so she's we're sitting at a JV basketball game, and I'm waiting for that to get done so we can go warm up and play varsity game. And she's sitting behind me with a little kid. And this little girl loses her hair scrunchie. She taps me on the shoulder. She's like, Tevin, uh, have you seen this little girl's hair scrunchie? And just straight face, oh, because I'm black, you think I stole that girl's hair scrunchie? (laughs) And she's just like, she's just immediately like, oh, no, 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 no. I I didn't mean, I'm just kidding. No, I have not seen the hair scrunchie. Oh, my God. Seeing this, the sheer panic in her face. (laughs) I apologize, Miss Oliveri. What I really love is they're experts on what black people need. That's what I just love. Never met a black person in my life, but I know exactly what they need. Oh, do you? Okay. They they want to judge what goes on in the inner city, but they've never been there. No. Like, I mean, in this town, to tell you the truth, uh, we should all live together. We're all in this together, and we're all going to be just hanging out together, and we should all be together. I'm going to go out to my house 25 miles west of town now, but when I get back, it's like, why don't you live down here then? I mean, if we all should be in this together, then why aren't you living a lot closer to the city? Uh, and again, if you want to boat on Minnetonka, that's your business. That's what I'm saying. But honest to God, I uh, I don't know. It's a weird deal to me. 
The whole thing is really weird to me, but whatever works, right? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Why do you think it is that I get along with everyone? It's just unbelievable. Do you think it's, it's just a hard, the give, give, give? Yes, of my it's person? a hard life you live. <laughs> it, really is, it really is very, very difficult. There's no doubt about it. We will take a break. Be right back. Christy, ready to go? Yes, she is. Christy, I love this name. Christy Bell Camino yes. is going to join us right up to this with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Start the new year looking great and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with help from my friends at Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, you'll receive 20 to 30% off all programs with Ultimate's New Year's resolution sale. Do what I did and let Dan and Neil Sheehy and the staff at Ultimate help you change your relationship with food forever. With the help of Ultimate, I lost 41 pounds and another 42 pounds in each of my two 40-day programs. Debbie P. from Anoka lost 31 pounds in 43 days. Cheryl S. of Webster lost 36 pounds in 43 days. And Ron D. from Lakeville lost 57 pounds in just 43 days. Live your healthiest life starting today. Schedule an immediate consultation and receive 20 to 30% off all programs for a limited time. Call Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. 763-333-7337. 763-333-7337. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with the family. Our special guest, Letters from a Serial Killer, the true story of a mother and a journalist's fight to save a little girl's life. Christy Bell Camino. How are you doing, Christy? Doing pretty good. How are you? Marvelous, thank you. Uh, pretty fascinating story. Heartbreaking and horrifying letters from a serial killer delves into the thinking of a monstrous murder. I don't want to say much more about it, Chrissy. I'd, li- I'd rather hear it from you. What a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was a reporter in the San Francisco Bay Area uh, covering the crime beat, and this book is based on you know, the most horrific uh, story that I ever covered. Um, it was a little girl who is who disappeared on the way to the school bus stop. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, we were, people were looking at, like, her, her mother, her biological mother, and her stepfather, and she was still missing when another man, or excuse me, a man was arrested for taking another little girl in the same neighborhood. Um, the girl was physically similar to the missing child, but this little girl escaped and he was arrested. And so immediately everybody thought, well, this guy maybe, you know, took Viana Fairchild, the missing little girl. And so I was working the beat. And so I put in a request at the jail and he accepted it. So I walked in and said, well, did you take this other little girl who's missing? And that started this long, drawn-out kind of cat-and-mouse game where he said, yeah, I'm not going to give you all the details. I will tell you eventually. 
And over the course of this time, I also became really um, close to the woman who had raised uh, Ziana. Her name is Stephanie Kahalakulu, and, and she had raised her in Hawaii and Colorado mm. until the biological mother wanted her back. This was her aunt. So we became really close, and I, I talked to her one day, and I said, he's telling me that he took Ziana, and he's telling me all these details about it. And she said, yeah, he's been telling me the same thing. So then, um, obviously, our goal was to find out if she was still alive and where she was. And so I'd go visit him in jail pretty much um, every night there were visiting hours, and he would call the newsroom, call collect, and he would write letters um, leading us on, basically, um, saying, I will tell you, here's, here's a little bit of information to keep you coming back. So it was very manipulative on his part, but I also thought it was worth it because every conversation I had, the FBI and the police were listening in. So I thought, if I can get him to say something, you know, that could help them, and we could find this little girl. So... Um, unfortunately, eventually they found her, her skull and that she had already been killed. And, uh, then our goal, or at least my goal became to get him to say something that would get him convicted of that particular crime. Well, that never happened. Um, he did tell me about all kinds of other crimes, all the people he had kidnapped and killed over the years. Um, and I just figured like that there was nothing I, I could do. So I moved on to another beat. My new, my editor said, you're done. You know, go do something else. We'll cover all the <laughs> okay, other crimes in the Bay well, Area. Yeah. And, and then, uh, I had a baby. So I moved to Minnesota. This was, you know, this was in San Francisco. So I moved to Minnesota and I had two little girls and I realized I lived in Northeast and I had them in this little safe neighborhood in their little fence backyard. And I realized that I had to listen to them and make sure that they were safe and I called their names if they were playing in the backyard and I realized I had uh, PTSD. I was being completely absurd. I was being um, a, a terrible mother because I was paranoid. I knew what people did to little girls. I'd talked to this guy for months on end. And so my point of therapy as a writer is to, to journal or to write about it. So I had carried this big box full of his, his letters and um different notes from my interviews in jail with him. And I thought, well, I'll just write a nonfiction book about it. So I sat down and wrote a book that ended up being fiction called Blessed of the Dead. But meanwhile, um, I was still in touch with Stephanie. And Stephanie and I would talk and say, no one really understands but you. Like, we, were, we had this bond, this, you know, crazy bond, because we both had this guy in our head. And so she'd been offered all kinds of book deals, all kinds of uh, TV deals to talk about this, but she didn't trust anyone, but she trusted me. So she both said, let's do this together. Let's tell this story, Christy. And I'm just, this is really a book for Stephanie. This is not a book that is for me. This is, it was therapy for me, but it was really therapy for Stephanie. And she said, now that she wrote that book and told that story, now she can get him out of her head and let him go. So, that's it in a nutshell. That's a pretty <laughs> good nutshell, really Christy. Fast. It's a lot of it's a lot of information that goes back many years, but but that's where that book stems from. God, it's the whole thing amazes me. I, I've never understood. There was a there was a report of a guy. This is a bit off topic, but it ties in. There was a guy yeah. uh, over over uh, the Halloween holiday that was arrested for putting razor blades in candy bars. And he said it was an accident. They accidentally ended up in the candy bars. The razor blades did. 
hate when that happens. Yeah, sure, but, that happens. But Christy, how? Why would someone want to hurt a child? I, do you understand why you'd want to abduct a child? Why you'd want to hurt a child? I don't get it. I know, I know, and that was what, in a way, that's what kept me coming back. Sure, I could not sure. Figure him out. I kept saying, "Well, did something bad happen to you as a kid? Tell me about this." I kept looking for what would compel somebody to do this, and the the answer is, I never could find that. I never, there was never any right. reason that I could put my finger on. I could see that. Now, Chrissy, yeah. I have to ask you an off off the topic, uh, off the subject uh, question, if you don't mind. And oh, this, absolutely. It's by coincidence, actually. But is Bel Camino your birth name? It is. It's my maiden name. Do you know Bel Camino? Bel Camino means beautiful journey. Yeah, beautiful path, beautiful road. Yeah, unbelievable. But now here's the problem, Christy. The only reason I know (laughs) that is when the car, the El Camino, came out. I know how to speak a little Italian. I'm not fluent in Italian, but I can speak some Italian. In Italian, right. Camino means fireplace, so your name would be Beautiful <laughs> Fireplace. <laughs> and, Itali- and, and Italians have told me that. They say it's Beautiful Fireplace. They said, that doesn't sound very cool. I don't, I'm going to stick with the beautiful walk. Hey, it's a, I, hey <laughs> in Minnesota, if you want to add value to your place, you yeah. put in a Bel Camino. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's a hit every Christmas season. They even have volumes of the fireplace that you can yes, wear, have on DVD. Bel Camino? There you, yeah. The, the Yule Log. The Yule Log. Oh, yeah. You can watch it on PBS. <laughs> Here's another fun yeah. fact. Dave is a what? character in one of her novels. Oh. In one of Christie's oh, novels? Oh, yeah. Yep. You gotta have he date. actually plays a really important part. Don't tell him that. No, I'll never hear the end of it. Sorry, got a big enough. Oh, I'll never right? hear the end of it. It's gonna be unbelievable. But back to the subject. But but yeah, Bel Camino, beautiful name, beautiful journey, beautiful path, beautiful road. I think it also means in Spanish. Not beautiful fireplace, though. Yeah. Well, in Italian, it does, Christy. And by the way, Jesus is mad at you for stealing his last name. What? You have to be a certain age to know what an El Camino is. If I, <laughs> my kids don't know what an El Camino is. Okay, well, thanks, son. Okay, Grandpa, Tom. It's an awesome car. <laughs> it is an awesome car. It's, a it's car true. truck. <laughs> so now that it's we've lightened the moment for a second here, we have to get back to this whole situation of what. So, you know, obviously, I don't want to give away the book and how the whole whole story comes along, but. Doesn't that take a lot out of you, Christy, to, to constantly be in contact with lunatics? It, it did, and this was before I had children, and oh, so I yeah. didn't really realize it. I didn't realize it. I was really um, obsessed and very passionate, and I was very obsessed with getting to the bottom of it, hopefully finding this girl alive, and it wasn't. It was post-traumatic stress disorder. It wasn't until after I realized, wow, that really messed me up. That really messed me up. Um, and... It, writing about it has helped. I don't think about the guy anymore. It's very good, rare that I, I think about him, yeah. That is wonderful. Uh, because to have to carry that with you. There have been writers in the past that, that could not get rid of a story. and they, 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 they got drug problems, drinking problems, depression. It really hammers mm-hmm. some people, depending on how, how deeply they got, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Well, I definitely drank a lot at the time. <laughs> to deal so, with it. So you were Italian for a while. That's good. But anyway, exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. Because of my Italian roots. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. Your your fireplace roots. But in, in any case, uh, 
So, now again, remind me again how you got involved with the story in the first place. Okay, so I was I was a crime beat reporter at a newspaper in the Bay Area. In the Bay so Area, it was my it was on my beat. It was on my beat, and I dealt with right. the San Francisco Bay Area has crazy, crazy crimes. Like I had no. another guy suspected of kidnapping a little girl who showed up in front of my house once after threatening me. So oh. I mean, it was there's oh. just so much crazy stuff going on if you're a reporter out there. Here, you know, it's, it's a little tamer, although St. Paul's been very interesting lately. But yeah, it's isn't not, that the truth? It's a definite ball game. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I, You know, to tell you the truth, Christy, and I keep going off topic with you here, but it's something kind of important. Sure show. Catherine, sure and I, <laughs> Catherine and I used to love to go to San Francisco. We went almost every year. Andy and Alex, our children, would go with us. We'd go from there and then go up to Napa and hang out for a while, just had these wonderful trips and... Although I will tell you, the the very first time Kath and I traveled to San Francisco with our son Andy, who was on the show, he's now 33, so he was in a Mm -hmm. stroller at the time. Kath and I are walking down the street in San Francisco pushing a baby stroller, and these two guys (laughs) came by in a convertible and hollered out, effing breeders. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. Okay, well... uh, so basically, you could be prejudiced against me. I, I, that, that whole, we used to love to go there, but Christy, I don't think I can go back anymore. I don't think I can see San Francisco like that. Well, it's funny because that happened to my husband and I. I'm going to say it was like 1992. <laughs> really? We moved to Seattle. And we moved to Seattle. And we were walking down the street in Seattle holding hands. And that was the first time I ever heard that. Somebody walked past us and called us breeders. <laughs> and I had never, and I, so yeah, we have that common. But so, Christy. There if, you go. We're all breeders. Well, they wouldn't exist without breeders. <laughs> I right? Right. <laughs> if your mom no, and dad weren't just, breeders. It was really odd. It was very odd. I thought, okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. I'll have yeah. kids. I could probably be a breeder. I'll be a breeder Anyway, someday. whatever. It was, it was just stupid, but. <laughs> but, you know, I just really wish that they wouldn't do that to San Francisco. It's such a beautiful area. I mean, it is nuts. You're right. There are a lot of goofy bastards living there, no doubt about it. But the area itself is spectacular. Or was. It is, but it's too, it's too expensive. I mean, that's why yeah. our quality of life here for raising children is yeah. wonderful. I could see Wonderful. That. Do you like yeah. it when it started snowing today, though, however? Oh. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. They were giant, giant snowflakes. Yep. Oh, they were giant snowflakes. It's true. I was driving down Highway 100, and it was like that sleet mix, and it was all of a sudden the roads just became, like, slippery and just, ugh, gross. Instantly, right. People forget how to drive. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they do forget how to drive in snow, don't they? What do you mean, (laughs) brakes? I don't know. Brakes, really? (laughs) But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I do want to read this this descriptor. Heartbreaking and horrifying letters from a serial killer delves into the thinking of a monstrous murderer, but it also reveals the, the brave struggles of the women who face him in order to find justice for his victims. It's a powerfully emotional true account that simply must be read. Claire Booth, author of true crime book, The False Prophet. So that is the good news, because it, it, it talks about, you know... Um, the brave struggles of the women who did it. They got through it. Uh, it, it that's a great... It's always nice to have a payoff because stories... Well, yeah. This horrible have to have a payoff. Well, a here's way. the payoff. 
Uh, you know, I don't mind. This isn't a spoiler at all. No, no. Yeah, shortly, shortly after I wrote uh, the book, I got a phone call from the paper in, in the Bay Area, one of my old colleagues. Hey, Christy, um, Curtis Dean Anderson died in prison of natural causes. Can Good. we get a quote from you? He was 46, I think, and he died of natural causes in prison. Ooh. I'm not sure how natural. I'm not sure how natural it was, and I hope it wasn't very natural. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of uh, like well, yeah. Yeah. So that was there's a payoff. Christy, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jeffrey Epstein died of natural causes in prison, mm-hmm. too. Uh, kind of same thing, yeah. Yeah, kind, kind of the same thing. thing. Right. How do you crush your trachea by hanging yourself? That's almost impossible to do, unless you hang your entire body weight. But he didn't. He hung himself from his bed, so he's pretty sure he was murdered. Yeah. Pretty sure he was. But, you know, don't worry about that. Pretty fishy. Pretty fishy. Christy, you're gonna, so you live in St. Paul now? No, I'm, I'm still in Northeast. Oh, you're northeast North Minneapolis. You're in northeast yeah. Minneapolis. I love that area. I am in northeast. I do too. It is a I great told my spot. My husband, this is the only place I'll live in Minnesota, because he's from here. And I said, that's the only place I want to live. Yeah, northeast is wonderful. No, absolutely. It is. Ladies and gentlemen, again, the book is called Letters, uh, Letters from a Serial Killer: The True Story of a Mother and a Journalist's Fight to Save a Little Girl's Life. Christy Bell Camino. All right, fireplace, beautiful fireplace, Christy. <laughs> I appreciate you calling in this morning. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for talking to me. It was a pleasure. Our pleasure completely. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.